Welcome to the Sent from Disneyland podcast. Here age relives fond memories of the past. On this podcast, we'll take a journey to the past and explore Disneyland and Disneyland history with mementos, snapshots, and postcards sent from Disneyland from 1955 to the present. I am your host, your post-host Clocky, and today I'll be sharing with you two postcards sent from Disneyland. The front of our first postcard has Main Street Station, with attraction posters on the fence around the floral Mickey Mouse who greets you at the Disneyland Esplanade. On the back it reads, Upon entering Magic Kingdom, you are greeted by a floral Mickey Mouse and the Santa Fe and Disneyland Depot, where a scaled-down model of a passenger train of another era puffs out of the station to take you on a scenic tour. It's postmarked August 29, 1960, and I assume they visit the park on Friday, August 26th, when park hours were from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. The weather was a high of 79 and a low of 61. Park attendance that day was 26,179. It's addressed to a Mr. and Mrs. Ray F. Butler of Yates Center, Kansas. It reads, Saturday, p.m. Hi, was such a surprise to have your letter at the Leightonies. We've enjoyed sitting with Jack and Frankie, spent yesterday at Disneyland. It's pretty fabulous. Last night, Jack took us driving all through Hollywood, Beverly Hills, etc. Today, we are driving up the Pacific Coast Highway. Love, Betty. Betty was at the park the month and year Steve Martin started working at the magic shops in Disneyland. The first magic shop to open in Disneyland was in Fantasyland. Just to the east after passing through Sleeping Beauty Castle was Merlin's Magic Shop, which opened in 1955, two years before Main Street's Magic Shop. In Steve Martin's autobiography, he mentions working at both and that the Fantasyland Magic Shop was run by Leo Banke. Martin describes Banke as an artist with playing cards, and Banke was his first magic mentor. Merlin's Magic Shop's last magic act was disappearing from Fantasyland to make room for Mickey's Christmas Chalet in 1983. The Christmas shop was eventually replaced with many different shops, but is now back to an ornament shop. Maybe one day we'll see Merlin's Magic Shop reappear. The front of our next postcard has Sleeping Beauty Castle. In the foreground, you can see the guests entering and exiting the drawbridge, an outdoor vending ice cream cart, and two garbage cans. On the back, it reads, Sleeping Beauty Castle, Fantasyland. Disneyland's Sleeping Beauty Castle welcomes guests to the wonderful land of fantasy, a land where dreams can actually come true for the young in heart. It's postmarked June 20th, 1961, and I assume they visit the park on Sunday, June 18th when park hours were from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. The weather was a high of 79 and a low of 59. Park attendance that day was 24,754. It's addressed to a Mr. and Mrs. Ray Butler of Yates Center, Kansas. It reads, June 20. Dear Gladys and Ray, We are on our way out of Los Angeles now. What a huge place. Sure had a nice time Sunday at Disneyland for eight hours and at Marineland yesterday. Our trip seems to be going as scheduled, so we'll see you next Tuesday p.m. As I wrote from Rolls, sure enjoyed visiting with Betty, Ray, and Glenn. Love, Betty Jo, and all. I hope Betty Jo made time in her eight hours at the park to walk to the east of the castle and enjoy Snow White's Wishing Well and Grotto. The grotto is still in the park and has not changed much since it opened on March 27, 1961. The eight figures, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, were the work of Italian sculptor Leonida Parma. They were carved out of marble and shipped from Italy to Walt in California. 
When they arrived, each figure was the same height, three feet, all seven dwarves and Snow White. Walt passed two challenges to Imagineer John Hench. First, how to incorporate them into the park, and second, how to make Snow White look taller than the dwarves. He designed the grotto and placed Snow White the furthest away from guests at the top of the waterfall, which gives the perspective that she is taller than the rest of the statues. It was Walt's idea to have a wishing well. This was a way to allow guests to throw change into a designated place, rather than Sleeping Beauty Castle's moat or the other waterways around Disneyland. The money is routinely collected and is given to children's charities. A fun fact about both of this episode's postcards. They were both sent to the butlers of Yates Center, Kansas, by two different Bettys, and one card even references a third Betty. How many Bettys do you know, and do they send postcards? Thanks for listening to Sent from Disneyland. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. It would also help to leave a five-star rating and to comment on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to support the show financially, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sentfromdisneyland. A special thanks to e-ticket patrons Eric Daniels and Tania, C-ticket patrons The Riley Family, Debbie Weinstein, Brian Crawford, and Serious Inquiries Only, and a special shout-out to Random Olive, the first patron to this podcast, and to the A-ticket patrons Elise Sharp, Zealot Infinity, Claire Voigtlander, Alexis Robles, Angelica Nablock, and Maggie and Henry Byers. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sent From Disneyland, or on Twitter at Sent From Disney. For questions and comments, send me a postcard addressed to Sent From Disneyland, P.O. Box 44, Hood, California, 95639. This podcast is not affiliated with Disney, the United States Postal Service, or any post office or Disney properties. Opinions expressed on this podcast belong to its hosts and the guests of the Sent From Disneyland podcast. 